The content of this episode should not be confused with treatment advice or direction given from a mental health professional. Nothing contained in this podcast was made or intended to supplement or supersede relations with mental health providers or treatment. While Jeremy Levitt is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a mental health provider in this podcast. The same is considered for any professional that may appear on the show. Their views are solely their own and do not reflect any company or profession they may represent. Welcome to Mind the Gap, where teens have a voice and parents learn to listen to that voice. Here we will talk with teens about their everyday challenges and accomplishments and learn what they are facing daily and what their needs are. As parents, we will learn valuable skills from a licensed marriage and family therapist on how to be aware of the gap in communication and close that gap. Welcome to Mind the Gap. Welcome back, everybody. We want to welcome a new guest that hasn't been with us before, but he is a member of our family. So he's always really been here, but not here with us. So Luke, welcome. What's up? He's super excited. I wish you guys could see the expression on his face. I, next time we're going to do a live video. He's super excited to be here with us. Hey, Luke, do you have a nickname? Well, everyone calls me Luke besides Soren. He calls me Lukey. Lukey. Oh, he still hasn't changed. I don't I don't know if it'll ever change. He's five going on six, and he still can't call him Luke. Lukey. He calls him Lukey, no matter what he does. I've actually never noticed that. He'll call me Luke until, because if he says Lukey like six times, and I don't respond, then he'll say Luke. And then maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe it'll start changing, but I don't know. You could train him. That's totally true. But I don't think he should. I think it's cute. Yeah, he loves. So... I'm glad actually to have Luke here because he's going to give us a new little perspective on kind of what's going on. And, you know, Austin is, he's actually, we're going to be losing Austin soon. He's heading out to Hawaii for school. So we're all jealous. We all may be following him soon though, Mm -hmm. but we'll see. We'll see if he lets us, we might have to let him go. (laughs) We might have to let him go. So I think today we want to talk a little bit about, some internet safety, how we can help our kids be successful this next school year with the new changes that we have. Everything's going online. I know I have a lot of concerns as a parent, how to help my children be effective, to be safe, to get the most out of what they can this year. You know, I have a lot of concerns with the amount of time that they're going to be online Mm -hmm. and how I'm going to keep the kids. I, I mean, I just have never really allowed my kids a lot of screen time. And that's obviously changing. So how are we going to adjust to that? So it'll be interesting to hear Luke's perspective on that as this new school year is going to change, how Austin's perspective is, even though he's done, you know, looking back, how that would have affected him. And actually, he's doing online as well. BYU, Hawaii, all of his classes are online. They're supposed to be face-to-face, but because of everything, they're going to be online. So anyway, that's where we're going to head today. I wonder if you think about it as a parent... Because I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm not the greatest at limiting my kids' screen time, but we have this idea in our head where, you know, you've had enough, you need to cut it off, right? But this is kind of taking it out of our control a little bit, right? As long as we're choosing to still participate in a school district, we're, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not watching TV or playing games, but that screen time is still not beneficial long term. So that's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this today because, I mean, I think there's some ways to mediate it and there's some ways to, help through the process. But if, if this continues for the rest of the year, I think we're going to have, I don't know, my office is going to be busy. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might be busy for moms. 
I have been talking to a lot of friends lately, though, and we're all very concerned. This is a concern for us, and we don't know how to help because it's new. Yep. So we're trying to think, how can we help our kids even understand what's going on? You know, we're learning to adjust, and we're trying to teach our children to learn to adjust. Yeah. And a lot of them are still so young. But Luke, I want to know, because we've talked a little bit about this. Like We've even talked about Luke going out of state to a different state that has schools that are Mm face-to-face because that's how important I think face-to-face education is. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure I'm ready to let two kids go. I'm already letting one go. I don't know. Anyway, Luke, how do you feel about the fact that you're going to have to do schooling all online? I mean, there's like positive and negatives because I could see how like, it's cool that we could do it wherever we want. Like you go on vacation, still do your online, but it's just, I don't know how they could put you on a computer for six hours because we just got a schedule that it's like periods online. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Which is, it's interesting because I don't know about you, Luke, but I have several clients that I work with that could easily spend six hours online playing a video game or, you know, chatting with friends. So why does that feel different to you? Because I've never been. You're not that type of kid, right? I don't remember the last time I've played video games for like over an hour. Which is awesome. Okay. But you have friends, I'm sure, that do, or you at least know kids that do. So why do you think that might be different for them? Because they're kind of forced to in a way. Yeah, that's. I think that's a big deal. Definitely like, forced, yeah. They're being told they have to do something, and kids don't like that at all, right? Especially if they don't understand the whys, and we've talked about that before. But it's, it's interesting because I think the difference – at a scientific level, it's just the fulfillment, right? Like video games are giving them all these shots of dopamines. They have psychologists on staff figuring out how to do that. Schools not necessarily set up for that, right? They're not going to be getting the fulfillment there. Now a good teacher can really, I feel like do a good job at that. And I'm, I'm hoping for that for my kids and I'm hoping that for you, like you're in high school. So it's probably going to be a little bit more self-directed, mm-hmm. right? And that's another thing we should probably talk about too, but it's just an interesting dynamic where, they could easily spend eight to 12 hours a day playing World of Warcraft or something, but to sit down and think about even doing a few hours of school has potential to blow up some of these kids' minds. Just a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, that is an interesting concept because I remember, oh, it was like maybe a year ago. I don't know. Anyway, a while back, one of my brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws, we were talking about our kids in video games, and they don't generally let their kids play a lot of video games, but I think it was one of these video games that all the kids were Fortnite. playing. Fortnite. Oh, yeah. Fortnite. And he was saying that he let his son play Fortnite, and he had been to work and came home, and his son was still playing, and he yeah. was like, dude, you have been on for seven hours. And the kid didn't even realize it. Yep. And when they sat down and talked about it, he was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, so they do, they kind of get sucked into that. But could you imagine me saying to Luke, you have been doing your math for seven hours. I don't think you're going to have that problem. <laughs> nope. And that's a good, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I hope, definitely hope not. I think but it's going to be impossible for the kids to focus when you don't have a teacher mm-hmm. giving you assignments and the teacher telling you what to do in person and students around you working as well. Yep. And all the distractions around you, like in your own home, I think there's just no way. Even your own all siblings. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's just no way I think everybody will be able to stay focused and actually complete all their work and that this will be a success. I know. It's already hard enough to focus in class in front of the teacher. It's like so boring. All the like biology cannot sit there for an hour and a half without doing something other than biology. 
And if they do it through Zoom, then you can just turn your camera off and you can like walk around the house, do whatever you want, pretend like you're listening. <laughs> they require your camera to be on though for attendance. Oh, they do? Uh, the whole time? I believe so. Yeah. Well, well, or you could just like, there's, I think there's just ways around screenshot it. Screenshot. I know. I well, <laughs> exactly. Then you screenshot. Or and then you just say you're frozen. Kids are going to start doing that. I don't know it. Yeah, that's a great idea. You can. These don't kids, tell them I said that. I know. I'm like, are the teachers listening? These kids are going to get really creative with. They already have, like, during tests, some, like, you could, like, put, like, an AirPod in and just, like, totally cover it with your hair and, like, have, like, the answers going through. How, and here's another thought. Like, these, you know, I have okay internet, but internet's spotty. And if everyone's on, it's going to be even worse. I don't think a teacher could, if you were like, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't log on. The internet's down. Like, how can they punish you for that? Yeah. Yeah. But so, and what if like you're you like she's cutting out the entire time you can't hear anything she says. Yeah. Yeah. Selective hearing at its best. Just use that excuse. Austin. So now that you're out of the like the school district, colleges can look different. Colleges always look different, right? So I'm you know that that's going to be transition anyway. But looking back, how do you feel like you starting your senior year would have responded to this? I probably would have been okay with it already because the senior year is kind of a joke. Yeah. With the classes that they give you and the amount of work you have to put in to get good grades during your senior year. So I wouldn't have cared that much. But the thing that would have gotten to me is that sports would have been postponed or canceled or delayed. Yeah. And along with all like the student activities, you got to like, if you want to dress up for spirit days, you have to like send a picture on Instagram. So the things that make school fun. All the things that make school fun yeah. and like worth going, they're taken away. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems that we're going to have with these kids is. There's no motivation. Yeah. School has potential to be fun, but this is just going to be drudgery. It's going to feel like drudgery to them unless they have a skilled teacher. You know, my wife sat down and did a training with a teacher who she's only been teaching online for several years now on how to make the first day of school exciting still and how to like really like help these kids through this. And there's some really good stuff in there, but I don't, I don't feel like most teachers are, are equipped and that's not their fault. That's just what. They haven't been taught how to do that. And so right. now they're getting some training now, but I don't know. Nothing nothing beats experience, and a lot of them don't have experience in this. And it's, I think it's going to be a hard transition for the teachers too, I feel for them. I think the teachers are also going to struggle with this whole online thing, not being able to give out like a little project or a little this or a little that that you have to do in person, show them in person, like yeah. hands-on teaching, hands-on learning. I think it's going to be difficult for them to even have the motivation to teach us. Basically. I feel like what's going to happen is – I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I feel like it's going to be such a failure and the kids are going to hate it and the teachers are going to hate it that they're just going to give you a curriculum. They're going to give you all the lessons. Like some of my teachers were already doing when I was in person. They were just basically on our Chromebooks like, yeah, here you go. Here's your work for the day. Get it done. Here's the videos. Watch it at home. I don't know if Luke's done this yet, but I had teachers, they call it reverse teaching mm. where you watch the video at home and you go to school and you basically do your homework in class. Yeah. So basically mm. you, you teach yourself. I think that's what's going to end up happening. The teachers are going to basically just give you the curriculum and you teach yourself. I think it's going to be hard. I think there's going to be a lot of transitions. And I'm just hoping and praying that we can pull through this, that our kids can come out on top and parents can come out on top. You know, like I'm trying to find ways to stay positive and go like, okay, we're going to make this work. Like we've already talked about, okay, we can go to the cabin, right? You can do online at the cabin, just get your work done. But then I found out this week that they are going to be required to log on at specific times. So that yeah. might be a little bit more difficult, you know? So I think one of my main concerns as a mom is how am I going to protect my kids 
safety online. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have heard there have been breaches mm-hmm. in the software that makes me really nervous, especially the fact that I have four kids at home that I'm going to have to be monitoring all four kids, you know, I mean, do I let them do their homework in their room on the laptop in their Chromebooks so they can be away from their siblings so they don't have distractions or do I make them all sit in the same room so I can monitor all of them? You know, I don't know how to safely help my kids navigate this new environment and that's really hard right because i'm an advocate for no devices in bedrooms right yeah but this might be a situation where that the ideal situation is you wouldn't have the device in your bedroom you'd have a setup where you know if you have more than one kid that you're able to monitor everything not that you have to sit there and like hover because you've got things to do too as a mom right i think the key there is deterrence right like if the kid knows that you could walk in at any minute and see what they're doing that kind of helps them stay on task and helps them. But as much as you trust your kids, you're right. There's other things that could be happening that your kids have no control over. There have been breaches. Now, thankfully they've been working on those and trying really hard to make those secure. And now to use zoom, every meeting has to have a password and, but that doesn't stop a student from doing something stupid. Yeah. Right. And so I think every parent is going to have to have a conversation with their kids about what to do if something like that happens. Right. And that would just be the whole crash and tell. If something like that happens, you need to come talk to me right away. You're not going to get in trouble. You don't worry about your schoolwork. Like just shut that sucker down and come talk to me. Like the reality is, is we just have to prepare them for it. There's adults who just like to cause havoc and will hack rooms or do whatever they need to do to cause havoc. But there's also kids and, you know, kids, you guys, unfortunately, Austin's at the tail end of it. He's got a few more years, but Luke, you're still in the, in the midst of it. Your impulse control sucks. Right. And not because you suck, but because that's just where your brain's at. And so kids do stupid stuff and there's going to be kids sending inappropriate things and trying to do inappropriate things. And, you know, unfortunately they're not thinking of the consequences when they do that. Right. They might get kicked out of school, but they're not thinking about that. So we have to prepare our kids for it. It's going to happen. It may not be as, as horrendous as like porn, but it could be off color things that, are inappropriate you know your kids are exposed to this in school anyway but this is now happening in your home it's happening in their safe place and it's just i feel like it's more insidious because in school at least there's not anonymity right like if you say it they know who you did it but on the internet everything's anonymous a little bit less anonymous on like a zoom classroom but still right like depending on how well the teacher controls that it could be easily mismanaged or taken advantage of. And that scares me, I think, the most is that these kids are being opened up for all kinds of attacks, basically. And it's not any of their fault. They're not putting themselves in their position. We are as adults that are making these decisions for them. Yeah. So I think maybe giving us some tools on helping us as parents to feel secure with moving forward with this. Like, what are some things that we need to be talking to our kids about, I know you said the crash and tell. I love that. And, you know, something does come up on your screens or in the chat box, you know, because I know there's a big chat thing, you know, something comes up that makes you feel uncomfortable or you feel like is not okay. And I tell my kids and the kids and the parents I work with, I don't care if you break the computer, whatever you have to do to shut that thing. So it stops that image or stops that, right? If that means you have to like slam the computer down really fast and it breaks it, okay, we'll deal with that, 
right? If that means you just got to hit the power button or the screen, whatever you need to do, just do it. There's not going to be any consequences associated with yeah. that. But so the number one thing to do, because we can talk about filters all day. We can talk about all that stuff. The number one thing is just talking to your kids. If they're not comfortable talking to you about these things, they're not going to bring it to you. So you have to have the subject. You have to bring the subject up. If you haven't had the sex talk, you need to have it at an age appropriate level, obviously, because if your son or daughter can't come to you and say, Hey, this kid said something about boobs, right? They're not, they're not going to talk about it with you. So you have to have the sex talk. You also have to talk about the dangers of pornography. Just creating that open, honest dialogue is really, if you want to talk about inoculation, that's it. They're going to get the virus, but you can prepare them so it doesn't have as big of an effect on them because they can talk to you about it. Yeah. That's it, really. Like The number one thing, talk to your kids. And if you're scared to, grow a set and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important because if your kids feel comfortable enough to come to you and say, hey, this happened, you know, versus hiding it. And then they think that guilt sets in and then a lot of other issues are going to come up. They're not going to want to go to class. They're not going to want to log on and you don't know why. You know, that's a hundred percent right. And I'll go even further. Like sometimes it happens. It's not anything crazy. So they're just like, whatever. And they don't want to talk to you about it and they forget about it. They legitimately forget about it, but that damage is done. It sparked this curiosity. You know, the next time they see something or hear something, it's going to trigger those memories. So yeah, you just, you just have to talk about it. Now, the other concern, I guess, is the amount of screen time Mm -hmm. that these kids are going to be under. Yeah. So the reality is I don't like, and we don't have much control over right now, that there is a set, you have to be in class from this time yeah. to this time, and you have to be in class from this time to this time. I wish it was more flexible because then we could be like, all right, you need to spend an hour outside or you need to do this or you need to do that. Unless that changes, we don't have much control of that, at least in our city. So that means utilizing the time you have. Luckily, they're increasing the time between classes, Right. But I feel like parents, you know your kids the best. This is uncharted territory. You have to advocate for your kids. If you know that sitting at that screen for six hours is going to be a problem, I don't care what you need to do, who you need to talk to, whether it's the teacher or the administrator, and say, like, look, my kid will not be doing it that way. I hate to go this far, but if it needs to happen, like get an accommodations for your kid, get your kid a 504 plan that you can get your kid a 504 plan in school. If they have ADHD or anxiety or things like this, and they need extra time for tests or they need a different environment for tests or a different environment for learning, or they need a copy of notes because their brain just can't process it the way the teacher wants them to. So they need to look at it after, after class. If you need an accommodation, talk to somebody, the school district will fight you on it, but because then that means they have extra responsibilities to do, but like advocate for your kids, advocate for what they need. You know, my son Deacon, I don't know how he's going to do. I think he has three hours of screen time because he's at a charter school, but how he's going to do with it. And if I need to, I'm going to tell the teacher, you just need to send me the lessons or you need to record that lesson. And me and him will do it when it's better for him. Don't let a teacher tell you that they can't do that because there is recording abilities on all of these platforms. So a teacher should be willing to do that for you. And I think teachers are going to be flexible. I Teachers know this sucks too. Yeah, my heart goes out to yeah, all of them. They know it sucks and they know it's not ideal. And so just being the advocate, you can't expect your kid to know what they need. 
right? Especially the younger ones. So if you start seeing that they're struggling sitting there, start talking to the teacher about maybe getting some of the lessons recorded and sent back to you so that you guys can do them on your own time. And then, I mean, just a random thought, flexible seating is super important. Why does he have to sit there at the desk the whole time? As long as he's logged in, yeah. he's got his headphones in. So what if he paces back and forth or is <laughs> whatever, right? Yeah. It's something else I've been thinking about is this might actually be a really good time to teach our kids accountability. Yeah. And you can get out of it what you want to get out of it. I yeah. mean, you could sit on class and just zone out and not get an education, you know? Yeah. Or you could be the kind of kid that says, you know what? This is not the ideal situation, but I know it's on me. Yep. And as a parent like Luke in high school, I honestly am not going to be able to help him with chemistry or with his math class. That's above me. I mean, I've done it, but that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be super successful at helping Luke. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. Actually, you've got Austin. He has been there. (laughs) Shoot. He'll be in Hawaii. He'll be three hours earlier than you. So (laughs) you can call him at like 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) It'll be perfect. It's okay though. I have smart friends. Good. He that can help me a lot. And that's that's another thought. I'm glad you brought that up, Luke. Why not get together with some yeah, friends and do these lessons that, together? That's the exact thing. I would actually enjoy doing online school if it was like with all my friends. And I'm sure they would want to do it too. But yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've got to find ways to yeah, make this work absolutely. and we've got to be creative. I mean, we've already been talking about switching kids and having classes. And I know I have a big mom group and we're all talking about, okay, how can we help each other? And Let's come together and figure this out, you know? So, Luke, I think that's a really great idea between you and your friends, finding the same classes that you have. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, invite some of your friends over and say, we're going to sit through this chemistry class together and make it more doable. Yeah, or even like group FaceTimes, group chats where you all just like, you could like get through it together. Like if you're doing all this online by yourself, it'll be so hard. Well, what do the kids without a friend group like Luke's, what would they do? So... If I was a teacher, I would actually be advocating for that and maybe helping facilitate some of that. Like, hey, all of you guys in this class, you know, maybe you should think about doing some group classes a day or two a week, right? And helping them make those connections. But I think ultimately for those kids, it's going to be up to the parents. As you get closer to high school, I think parents have kind of removed themselves from schooling for the most part and the kids are kind of self-motivated. So, I don't know what to do about the kids, but other than if you're listening as a teenager, look for those kids and maybe invite them, please, because they may not have the courage to ask. Parents, if you're listening and your kid has a friend group, just make sure that they're aware that other kids could use that too and talk to them about it. The thing is, school is basically what like brings your friend groups together. Yeah. like That's how I met basically all my friends. Other than church, which is still not really happening. Like, that's how I meet my friends. And if it's all online, kids that don't have friends that won't even get the opportunity to make more or to make any. And when you take away the after-school activities, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the chess club, ping pong club. I know some kids um, that I've played on teams with and just that I've, I've known as friends who the only reason why they have at least a 2.0 is because if they don't, they're ineligible for sports or ineligible for whatever club that they're in or like JROTC. And without that motivation and taking away those things, I just don't see how some kids will be able to function, being able to do school on their own and probably without much help from home, especially at the high school level. I mean, I, I haven't had much help from my parents within my classes because mm-hmm. I usually just do it all on my own. That's a really good point. So I'm not too worried about my kids' academic losses. Those We can make those up if there are any. 
But about the social losses, I'm worried about the lack of relationships in the social development. Austin and Luke are right. Like school is school, but and you're there to learn. But I think more importantly, you're there to build relationships and learn how to operate within a system and make friendships. And so I think parents, you need to be thinking about how to continue to facilitate that for your kids right now. It's going to be difficult, but I think we can do it. It's just not going to be ideal. I think that's a really good point to remember. And I think one of the important things too, is that we try as parents to stay somewhat positive with our kids. So I think my response is different. I think it's really important that we try and stay as positive as we can for the children. I know I'm really frustrated and I know I have a lot of worries and concerns and cares, but I think if we can help our children know and understand that we're going to do our very best to make the most out of this next semester, or if it goes through the whole year, I think that's really important that we let our children know that we're there for them, that we support them, that we're going to stay positive and do our very best because we don't want our worries and our fears to then end up on our children because we as adults can handle it, I think, a little bit better than our children can. And so it's my hope that as we continue to move throughout the school year that we'll be able to find those ways to stay positive and find those ways to be creative and finish out 2020 the best that we can and maybe finish out the 2021 school year on a high note instead of a negative note. So anyway, those are my final thoughts and that's it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, we can be found on Facebook at mindthegap-teenstalkwelisten or on Instagram at mindthegap.welisten.